about halfway through West Coast Conference play, brothers, and the Cougars are five and two. Um, tough loss to Pepperdine, a bad loss, I think we'd all consider, uh, and then a uh, squeaking out a double overtime win against Damon Stoudemire and Pacific. Um, at this point, besides the Gonzaga game, would I want another loss or would I expect another loss through seven games? Probably considering St. Mary's and San Francisco, uh, we're all in the game. We're all, uh, close. It seemed like we were just playing with fire too much with these close games. Um, Brian, the Pepperdine game, let's talk about the loss first, uh, what did you think? Why did that game uh, turn out the way it did in the sense that was different than the St. Mary's and the San Francisco games where we were able to pull out close wins? Yeah. Well, first of all, that was a, it was an early afternoon game. Uh, right. Maybe that had something to do with it. It was just uh, played a lot earlier than normal. Um, but yeah, we just, we struggled and, and, you know, it, Barcelo has been in a slump uh, until the Pacific game uh, where he broke out of it, thankfully, but uh, he's been the one guy that, you know, you could, you could really count on uh, most of the time. And, and, and he really struggled in that game and, and so did everybody else. So uh, it was a, it, like you said, I would have expected our record to be five and two at this point, yeah. but we just, I just wouldn't have expected the loss, the other loss to, to come against this Pepperdine team. Um, but yeah, not, not, a, not a good victory uh, or excuse me, not a good loss. Uh, offensively, we just couldn't get it going. I mean, we just, we just could not get it going and uh, there wasn't, there was no one there to, to bail us out uh, in that game. Well, what was disappointing too is, is, you know, we, it seemed like in the second half, I, I like, I always thought the whole second half we were going to win. You know, that, that, that's what was disappointing because um, it kept thinking we were going to turn it on and kind of put them away. And we just, we never could. It seemed like whenever we get stops, we couldn't convert. And then down the stretch, um, we we couldn't we we couldn't and we couldn't keep them off the free throw line in the second half too as well um and by the way brett that's that's what's been to me most impressive about this team is that we have found a way to win uh, those type of games even when we weren't you know this this team's been really pretty remarkable in, in that we don't have you know a ton of consistent you know, stars that are, you know, game in and game out, but we, we've been able to find a way to win all of these tough games. And so, yeah, you were kind of expecting that BYU was going to pull this one out because we've been doing it regularly. Um, again, I attribute a lot of that to Pope and, and the coaching, yeah. but uh, yeah. we just, we just couldn't do it this time. Yeah. I wonder too, if that's what we talked about before, which just, and, to, in Pope's defense, it's just it's kind of been because no one's really separated themselves. But I wonder if that loss too is kind of a uh, an indictment on our not lack of depth because we can play nine or ten different guys, but just our lack of solidifying who our final five guys are. The last five, but we talked about this, you know, a month ago going into conference play. It's such an advantage that NBA, college, high school. I don't care. The last five minutes of the game you just know who your five guys are going to be. And, you know, we don't have that. We, sometimes we're too bigs. Uh, sometimes it's loner, sometimes harder. And then with that uh, third guard spot to go with Averett and Porcello, it's, it's Neil, it's Harding, it's Johnson. It's kind of musical chairs. And I think that's what kind of caught up to us. So I, I just think that lack, it, it's, it's like we have, um, like reverse depth issues you know it, we have nine or ten guys we could play we just don't have a final five I, I don't I don't think we know who our five guys is and I think what Pope does is what anyone does when you don't know who that is and that's you just play the hot hand so if it's 
Johnson or Harding. Um, we saw those guys played a lot more uh, Saturday. Um, and Nell only played nine minutes. Nell only played nine minutes. And then the time before it's him. Uh, Harms. Harms, you know, came back in second overtime uh, uh, yesterday and it set out, you know, the end of regulation and first overtime. So even with the bigs, with her and Harward, you know, we go, we switched in and out, you know, uh, Loner was playing uh, the end of regulation and then it went back to Harward. So even, even with our bigs uh, between Harms, Harwood and uh, Loner, we, we don't know who the two of those three are going to be. So I, and we talked about this, Greg, you know, a month ago, what, what are we going to do? And I guess, well, I don't know. I mean, they, no one they, stepped up when they interviewed uh, Pope a few, a few weeks ago, they asked him about this also. And he said that he was actually going to be increasing, you know, possibly the, the, the participation, the, the, he, they're talking about, are you, when are you going to narrow down to your eight? You know, right. Cause that's a standard number, right. For the coach and free rotation. And he said, no, I think we're actually going to be increasing it. And I think he was talking about Lowell also there before Lowell went down. Right. Cause they wanted to bring right. him in. Yeah, imagine has, if we had him and Baxter. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's a big deal, right? Those, those yeah. are very likely, honestly, those are likely two starters, right? Baxter was the starter coming in. Lowell probably would have taken Lee's spot almost for sure. Uh, he would have been the other starter. So, you, you know, we are down two starters. That's a big deal. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, is I, I th that I see is um, it's not, I don't think it's so much nailing down your eight. I, I think it's, I, I don't know that we have the five <laughs> even, you know, I, I don't right. know. I think he's settled down on, on at least four of the five, but I don't know that we have the, 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 the players that we know can carry a game on their backs or that can come down, like you're saying in the last three or four minutes and, and they're going to, they're going to perform at their highest level. Like we need them to. And they, and they, I don't know that we have anybody besides Barcelo Averett here and there, but I, I don't think there's anybody else. I mean, who, who, who do you want on the floor outside of outside of Barcelo and maybe harms for his height. Who, who, who do you want on the floor in the last three minutes in, in a, in a game that's you're within four, four points. Well, I I'd, I'd like to see, honestly, I'd like to see Spencer Johnson start. I think he deserves a chance. Um, he's a very good shooter, but he's also a very good defender. And I think he, I I'd like to see him be that, you know, that, that, that other guy that gets a shot to consistently prove himself. I know he's been getting, you know, more minutes regardless. Um, but I, I, I think he could be, uh, really solid at that, you know, what that about the three spot, spot for us. He's up to 18 minutes a game. He hardly had any starting off. So he's, he's, he seems to be averaging in the twenties, probably mid twenties, the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. I would say. So he's getting a lot of playing time. He's not, he's not up into the 30 range that you might find a, a Barcelo, but uh, I, I think he doubled the, the, the time that, that Nell had in the last game. Yeah. So he's definitely getting more minutes. I, I just like, I, I think, I think he's, I'd like to see him in the starting rotation. Well, if you go by minutes, I mean, you know, Marcelo obviously has his averages about 32 minutes and then next is Averett with 27 and then loners at 20 uh, harms at 22 um, Harding at 22. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys in that, you know, 15 to, to uh, 22 range there. But as far as the game uh, Saturday, uh, I, you know, obviously Averett was huge. I mean, the, we saw five, five three-pointers um, at 24 points, played 44 of the 50 minutes. Um, and uh, it looked it looked like, too, he, he did a great job on defense as well. And it, uh, it seems like he's going to be there, you know, with Barcelo. It's who's the third guy. And I don't mind if going back to, like – I. 
like Greg said about who our eight-man rotation is, it's not so much that, but going back to who are our five guys to finish a game, I don't mind if it's four, like we, uh, but I want to know who the four are. And then the fifth can be, okay, are we going to go big yeah. and, and, and go with defensive with possession? Yeah, offensive yeah, possession, yeah. If we're going to go know. offense, defense, that's fine. Yeah. Go off, there's so much stop clock in college basketball. We can go, you know, two bigs or, uh, but who's going to be our third, who's going to be our third wing and, and who, who's, you know, if it's, um, you know, so going small or going big, that's fine. But we need to know who our four, four of the five are. And, uh, and we just don't, uh, yeah, I thought, um, going back to the, to, to the, the Pacific game, um, we really lucked out too with that, them missed, they, they missed a lot of free throws and that helped us a lot. And then of course we missed those at the end with Loner and, 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 uh, Harvard, but I thought the play that we ran to get, uh, Barcelo, the bucket down to. Um, was huge, uh, you know, the little uh, entry to Everett to hand off. So, again, uh, great execution. We, we always have good sets coming out of timeouts. We always are, are – uh, it seems like we have options uh, and counters off of everything. Uh, we're very well coached schematically, and we're, our defense is, is a lot better. I mean, that's, I, I, that's, that's why we won the San Francisco and going back – to San Francisco and St. Mary's, uh, that's how we won those games was, was, was playing defense. Is this a tournament team? Are we a tournament team? Yeah. Well, we, we, we asked this, I asked you guys this a month ago, right? So we've gone a month now and in our, our, I think our consensus was that Pope is a great coach and he's going to get these guys to gel and we're just going to get better. Right. We, we had seen some good games. They had looked pretty good. Um, I, I, I think we look not as good as we did a month ago at this point. And, and, and a lot of people, you hear a lot of the, uh, the announcers and, and, and others and analysts talk about how the WCC looks a lot better this year. I think it's really hard to tell because so many of them have played hardly any, any basketball. There's hardly been any games, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see. And the other thing is, is since then, you have a a what who looked like a superstar, Barcelo. I don't think it's just that he fell into a slump. It looks to me like Pope had him move his role. Look, there were there was a couple weeks there where he was hardly shooting anything, and and I know that the teams are going to key in on him when you're shooting sixty percent and and you're scoring twenty one points a game. But there there were a couple weeks there where where he was he was throwing up maybe five or six shots. And, and one game there, I think he didn't even score. Well, in that run. So maybe but, it's a slump, but but maybe it seems to me like maybe there's maybe Pope is trying to arrange something there. He's trying to get more people involved. That could be true, but he he definitely has fallen off. I mean, he's his outside shot is he's really been struggling. Yeah, two and, air and balls from the corner. I noticed even this game in against Pacific. Uh, you know, he scored. What, what was it, Brett? 23 points. Yeah. Uh, he had, he had a, a very good game, but he, I don't think he had one three. Uh, he hasn't, he has not found his outside shot in, in quite a while now. So his, whereas he started off the year blistering, right? He was shooting, you know, 60% from three point range uh, and, and, and about 60% overall. Um, but even in that game against Pacific, he was, he was driving to the basket to get, to get his points. He did not shoot the ball from the outside. So he's, he's got to find, he's the best shooter on the team. And, and uh, we, we, he has to find his shot again for this team to be successful or they're going to be in big trouble. Brian, I, I see that he's, he's one for seven in the last two games. Yeah. Three. Well, how about this? Even farther than that, he's, he's, he's been struggling for the last, you know, four games. Yeah. So. How about this? How about this stat? Barcelo has 178 field goal attempts on the year. Averett, 173. I, I mean that, and then and then three point three point attempts on the year. Barcelo, he's shot 30, shot 71, made 34. So it's 71 three point attempts. Averett, 80. Hmm. So 
I, what, I mean, what's I, the what's the percentage? But what's average percentage? And and Barcelo's well, still over fifty, eight, right? Yeah, he's for, he's forty eight percent, and Avery's thirty six. Yeah, and 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 Barcelo's still over. He's fifty two percent from the field, um, and Averett's forty four. Um, so I, again, I know they're they're keen on him. I, and he and he and he has to guard, you know, good good wings and. Um, but uh, hopefully with that Pepperdine game, he's, he's gotten his mojo back a little bit, you know? Yeah. He had a a good, even though he didn't hit outside shots, he still scored 23 points and was obviously a a key factor in in that game. Another thing is without Lowell, you know, Lowell, because Lowell makes a difference because he's, he's, he's also an outside shooter and, and a jump shotter. He can, he can go outside on guys and stretch them, but we don't have that with Harward. We don't have that with Harms. We don't have that with Lowell, uh, or not Lowell, uh, Loner. You know, we don't have any guys on the inside that can go inside outside. They they're, they're just not. You know, we, outside of Loner, you've got Harward and Harms. They're good players. They're good players, but they're very much like an old school, tall. Big body and back to the basket with back to Greg, the basket. Did you not with, see with, Kobe with no Lee? athleticism? They don't have any athleticism. Did you not see Kobe Lee stroke a three the other day? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. We have four bigs. We got you got Lee, yeah. Arms, Harwick, and Loner. And uh, you know, it's four for two. You can't play three of them together. So it's it's four for two spots. And uh, and then you know, obviously, so you got four for two spots with the bigs. And then obviously Averitt and Barcelo are going to take up a lot of minutes. So for the third wing spot, you got, uh, you know, you got Neil uh, Johnson and Harding, you know, it's three for one, you know, it's kind of what it comes down to. Well, that's a good problem though. If you have, that's usually a good problem. The reason you keep saying you're three for one is because no one's stepping up. I don't, not for, yes, but for college basketball, I really think it's, depth is a good thing until you have to use it. You know, I, I don't, I, I, you know, unless this is the 96 Kentucky Wildcats, you know, when you're going five and five with, you know, eight NBA guys, I, I don't, I, I'd rather just have, you know, six or seven guys that, you know, are your six or seven and, and have a lack of depth than have, you know, nine or 10 guys, but then, you know, not know who three, four and five are and this musical chairs, I, I, I think it's going to, in a tournament game, it's going to hurt us like it did against, uh, uh, look, all, look, every, any team we play like, like right now, and let's look ahead, you know, this week we have San Diego and Portland, uh, both, uh, struggling. I mean, there are road games, but it, it should, you know, go two and oh this week, but looking ahead with the tournament, uh, you know, right now, Lenardi has us as a ninth seed. Uh, we went from being first four out, to having a first four first four buys to playing a to playing a playing game and the 11th seed to now being you know pretty much secure at the ninth as a ninth seed any team we play whether it's the 8-9 game or the 7-10 game or even you know 11-6-12-5 it's going to be better than every team in our conference besides Gonzaga any te- any first round game we have is even if it's an eight, nine game, they're going to be, they're going to be maybe even, you know, solidly better than any team we've played in our conference. So I, I I'm, I'm worried because as much as we've improved defensively, I, I don't know where our points are going to come from. Uh, and, and the matchup too could scare us, especially if we have someone that can uh, match our height while at the same time being really athletic. But I did want to say, you know, going to the WCC conference tournament, I thought Mark few really made a good point. If you're coming from it, from BYU standpoint, where why have the tournament, why risk, you know, he said, what are you going to look at? Are you going to look at um, just not messing with, with BYU and Gonzaga and risking their tournament chances by having something go wrong in the tournament with, with, with illness. Cause if you get sick, during the conference tournament next week here in March Madness, or, you know, why risk that tournament just so, um, you know, these other teams can have a shot at winning the tournament and go to the, go and, and make it in. So I Good think point. it's in our best interest. I think it's in our best interest that there is no WCC tournament. Um, I think it can only hurt us 
I don't think winning two games or winning one game, right, because we advanced to the semis with the buys and then getting blown out by Gonzaga again, I, I think it can only kind of keep us neutral. So I hope Mark – and Mark Few's point, you could tell, was very indirectly direct, like why ruin it for us and BYU? And he did. He stopped for BYU by saying, well, are you – you know, it depends what they prioritize. Are they going to – are they going to prioritize the two teams that are already in the tournament? Because obviously he's he's there, you know, stomping for BYU, saying we're a tournament team. So, yeah, I hope that's the case. No, I, I agree. I think it would be in our best interest that that we that we don't play in the tournament. If, uh, no question. And uh, to your point, Brett, just going back, I this team is 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 a very good defensive team, and I think that's you know, the one good thing that we have going for us, but you have to be able to shoot the three pointer in college basketball. And that's what I'm worried about right now is we just, we're not as good a three point shooting team as I thought we would be uh, lately at least. So I'm, I'm hoping we can gain that back because if we, if we can't hit the three, we have no chance of winning a tournament game. Uh, Cause we, you know, you know, we just don't have the athleticism. Like you said, if, you know, we're a nine seed, um, we're going to play a very athletic team like we always do. Right. And uh, we just don't match up well with athletic teams. And if we can't hit the three, uh, we, we, we just don't have a chance. Well, that's a great point because it, these games we're winning against like the St. Mary's and San Francisco game against pro- arguably the, you know, the third and fourth best team in the co- in our conference we're, we're not going to be able to do that in the tournament. We're not, we can't grind out a win against a, you know, mid tier power five team. We're, we're not going to be able to do that. Like you said, we've got to hit seven to eight threes, you know, to, to win that game. And we're, we're, that's not our game. And it, that, the defensive uh, grinded out has helped us in WCC because of our talent, you know, it's better than, than everybody save you know, the Zags and in the tournament, we're trouble. We're, we're, we're in trouble. We saw it against SC. Uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's the type of team we're going to play in the tournament. Well, even at Boise state, I mean, we could, well, but we couldn't guard their guards. No, we that, couldn't. That, that, I mean, we did come back into it, but that was a game, you know, as much as we're improved upon defensively, we, we could not, we could not keep them out of the, out of the paint on penetration aren't we aren't we a little bit i mean i know that you know barcelo and Averett they can they can drive and they can they can make the layup right but they're not like going to come in and overpower anybody right they're not going to come in and throw it down against anybody right, right. so are, are can't you look at it like this our our guards are very one-dimensional right i mean they're they're outside shoot they're going to get most of the, almost all their points from a few driving layups and and three point shots typically. Barcelo's been able to move that around a little bit, but they're they're it's like what I'm saying is is how do you guard them, right? How 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 are you going to guard our guards? Uh, it, to me, it it doesn't seem like it's that difficult. I I don't know. It just, you're you're going to come out on them almost always. You're going to come out on them as much as you can, and then our bigs are one dimensional, right? There's Back nobody. The you're not clearing out anything down low with our bigs that are going to go out and stretch anybody out anywhere. Yeah. With the exception of loner, Harwood harms. You're back behind the guys that are, have their backs to the basket. That's all you've got. So you've got one dimensional bigs and, and, you know, maybe one and a half dimensional guards. It seems to me. Well, and they're going to do what, what, what SC does any tournament, you know, with our, you know, ball screen, continuity offense they're gonna they're gonna double barcelo on the ball screen and make him give it up you know and i'm sure they are mm-hmm. in maybe not just switch or show like they'll just flat out double and uh and make him give it up and make those other guys beat you and make 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 you throw it into the post i mean right now statistically throwing it to the post analytically isn't isn't a great offense right now in basketball. So yeah. like you said, and those guys are all back to the basket players. Barcelo is going to have to have uh, a big game for us to win in the tournament. No and, question. And so, yeah, like Brett was saying, if, if, 
they take him out of the game, we're gonna have a, we won't win. Uh, we won't win a tournament game. He he he's gonna have to have a, a a big scoring night for us to win. So what you're saying is is we don't have anybody else. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, not against a good team. I don't think. No, so. That's what I'm I, saying. I mean, yeah. You don't have anybody else. I mean, we had three option, three big time options last year, right? That could carry a team. Right. We have one this year. Right, but I would. I mean, I would say as far as a creator, I you saw, you know, both St. Mary's games. You saw uh, any any time the last five minutes. I mean, we really, really went to Haas. I mean, it was Haas in a ball screen. Mm-hmm. And yes, Toulson shot. Yes, Yoli got it, you know, high post or at the wing. But we always went to Haas, um, not just when he made those game winners or go ahead baskets, just just the last eight minutes. I mean, we ran the same action to get him the ball where he either, you know, shot, drove, created. But um, and, you, you know, and Barcelo is very good, but. Uh, you know, Haas just had more help. And then obviously, and he was uh, a little bit, you know, uh, better at, 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 at that stuff. Yeah. So. To your point, Greg, or, or just to add to that. Yeah. If, if Barcelo gets shut down, our other guards would have to have, uh, you know, big three point, uh, you know, nights from, you know, if they're, if they're shutting him down, our other guys would just have to be, uh, you know, out of their minds for us to win. I mean, and, I think that's uh, right. I mean, it's. I mean, at least I, I guess it's a, it's a win just to get to the tournament. We haven't been there since what is it, 2015? Maybe since we've been to the tournament. Uh, no, we. It's it was been a while. Thirteen or fourteen when we made that comeback against Iona. I think it's 2015. I don't think we've been for six years. Maybe longer. Yeah. And that includes the teams with uh, that had Hawes and Yoli before last year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was too bad because I mean, obviously, last year we probably would have been a fifth or a sixth seed. So I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of yeah. Last year was our that, shot. That, that it, you know, we we were in last year. Yeah. So I mean, um, we, we we probably for sure had a first round win, at least. All right. So here, you know, are we better than we were a month ago? Have we gelled? Uh, well, uh, certainly, uh, I I I thought. After what after after the St. Mary's and San Francisco game, you know, I, I even though we won those games, I, I still didn't feel like we played well. Like in and even this, I mean, both games we we, we were losing at half, and, and so we were gritty, you know, like the grit, you know, coming back. But uh, it's kind of it's it's kind of. Uh, ugly game you know and and we pulled it out and I, so i guess my answer would be no and, I, and i'm worried because i i i think there's you know we'll lose to gonzaga again and then we still have st mary's and santa clara you know lmu has some dudes so i, I i'm worried we could lose you know if we lose three times in the last eight games we're in trouble we're in trouble with 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 that committee, you know, so I, I don't, I don't think we are. Um, I don't think we've, we looked good this week. And, uh, and so right now it's, 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 I'm definitely more, more pessimistic than I was a month ago. Um, I am, I know it's a bad week and you're coming off a bad week and things can change all of a sudden next week, but just on, on the overall month, I, I I expected us to be a little further along at this point. Yeah, I don't, well, it's I don't crazy that we're any, taking five and two. I don't think that we're any better, um, but I still have I still have uh, some optimism for this team. I, you know, they they have shown just the ability, like I said earlier, to to pull games out to 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 win tough games. 
find a way to win. And so that's, that tells you a lot about the heart of the team, even though we haven't seen them play as well as we'd like, they've, they've found a way to win except for that Pepperdine game. Right. So, um, let's, I still think they're a tournament team and, uh, we'll see, we'll see how we, we we play here in the second half. Uh, and that'll determine whether I think we can win a game in the tournament or not. But I would say right now we still are a tournament team, but I don't see us winning a game in the tournament. Well, we, de- we definitely, I, now I say that, but I would have taken five and two this month. I would have, so at this point I would have taken five and two. And so, um, you know, I think two and a half losses would have been the over under by now. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm happy with the record. Um, I, I am happy that we defend cause that'll keep us in, in, in every game. Uh, I just, I don't know if we have enough scoring to, to really show that we're better than we are right now. But like I said, we still have, there, there is a whole nother month left. So. Wilson. What's happening with Zach Wilson. I saw he bought a Maserati. Oh yeah. Well, I know he's, he's, they, his uh, agency put him up in a a very nice home in in Irvine. Yeah. Uh, That's where he's working out. Yeah. Um, it's working out with Beck, I assume, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've been listening to a lot of draft um, prep and a lot of uh, draft uh, analysis reviews. Obviously, what's the unknown with the draft? Not only what are these teams actually going to do, but what trades, you know, it's so hard to predict. But um, where people have him now of note, um, I think it's, you know, Kuiper and, and McShay both have them as the second quarterback uh, with one, of you know, one, one hasn't gone to Atlanta fourth. Um, so, I, you know, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, he's their draft guru. He has them going number two to the Jets. And he's the one guy, you know, the other experts that have them over, they say, you know, it's close, but, you know, nudge goes to Wilson. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah is the one guy that just says he's just, he's just better. Wilson's just more skilled right now. And what I really like about Jeremiah is he, he put down uh, clips of Wilson's uh, incomplete passes, which we all know uh, there was some very, very impressive incomplete passes that he threw. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what's great is they watch all of his passes and that's something that they, that he saw. Like there's that, that some of the balls he threw that he was throwing guys open that were tough catches, but just still just, just showed his arm strength or his accuracy and giving that receiver the chance, which is the NFL you have to do. Um, I, I, for me personally, I, I don't, I don't hate the jets cause I think their GM is very, very confident and they have a lot of cap room. I like their new, I like their new coach. So I, I don't think it would be a dumpster fire if he got sent there. Um, and plus, the Jets' new offensive coordinator is uh, Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's the guy from Green Bay's head coach, his younger brother, mm-hmm. who was the passing game coordinator in San Francisco. Um, and so he was under Shanahan, running that Shanahan, uh, you know, zone offense. Uh, I, I think that fits Zach very, very well. And that's something that he would really work schematically with. Um, but number four, Atlanta is Arthur Smith, the Tennessee offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he's great for him and I, and I like him too with the Panthers. So I, 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 and obviously San Francisco, other teams could trade up, but I, I really don't anywhere he's projected to go right now. I, 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 I see as all, all could be very positive situations. Is there any way he falls out of the top five? Yes. Yes. He could fall out of the top five because uh, fields could go before him, you know, uh, fields could vote fields could go before him. If fields goes before he could drop down to, uh, you know, Carolina at eight. I, I, I believe that it all depends on what the, the jets GM and coach think of, uh, Darnold. Mm 
Um, and, and, and Brett made, you know, the point that they're running Shanahan's off offense. Um, I think, I think, I think Zach goes number two. I don't think they're sold on Darnold. And I think that, uh, I think that he's going to go number two to the jets. Is that where you want him to go? Where do you want him to go? Yeah, no, I, with with the with, I want him with, to, I want him to with go to their San fran- with the way their franchise has been and right. and you know it's going to take a while for them to get back you know even if they have yeah. coaching and a good GM so it's not ideal for him to go there obviously I'd much rather see him go number four to Atlanta yeah sit and, behind Ryan and, and sit behind Ryan a a very good NFL quarterback that he could uh, learn from you know, for a year, uh, or two, uh, probably one, I would say probably a year. Uh, I think that would be more ideal for Zach, but I don't think they're sold on Darnold in New York and they they need a quarterback. And unless they make a trade, um, I think they'll take Zach, you know, Zach had the best, I, I saw a statistic the other day. Uh, they were, they said that he had the most, NFL throws throughout the season. Uh, I can't remember exactly how they measured that, but they were saying that he had, he made the most NFL throws than any other quarterback in, in college football this year. Um, and not only does he have the accuracy, which we've, we've, you know, talked about a lot, but what McShay and other draft analysts are saying when they review the film of, of Zach versus fields is that Zach makes quicker decisions. And so when you have a quarterback that makes quick decisions and has the accuracy and the arm strength that Zach does, I don't see him falling out. And I, I really do believe he's going to be the second quarterback taken. And, and uh, I think it'll either be Jets at number two or Atlanta at number four. We've got CBS Sports here. They came out with their reserve. They've got Atlanta trading up to two and taking Wilson. Well, I think to too, that. but they've got, they've yeah. got fields going third with, with Detroit. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what Detroit does now. That could change after the golf trade. Yeah. The golf well, trade. This just I came mean, out. I, this just came out yesterday. Well, they trade for him last night. Yeah. I mean, the thing is I, I the, to Detroit, I don't think it's important. Like I even heard tonight, like if they really like Wilson or they really like fields, Detroit could still take them, you know, cause they could still, same thing. So you could sit, they could sit behind golf for a year or two. You know, if they, if you really feel like that's the guy, you get the guy. I think Brian too. Uh, the other thing that I think makes him the second quarterback off the board is I think, um, albeit the interviews are via Zoom. I think the interviews in his pro day, which I know they don't have the combine, but I think his pro day at BYU and then the interviews. I think uh, obviously the, this is you know maybe being, being a homer, but I think he's going to crush the interviews. You know, he's 24 seven football. I, not that fields isn't, but I think he's just very smart because the, the knock on fields is that he hones in on the, on one read and he's late yes. to his second read. Yep. And I think there's not, that's just, to me, that's not just a physical attribute. That's, that's mental, you know, yep. and that's not to see fields can't get there. That's actually smart. I'm just saying he does that because he's, he's, he's mentally ahead. You know, so I think he's going to show that. I think he's going to do very, very well in the, in the interviews. And when you're taking a quarterback in the top five, you want a guy that doesn't just really, really like it. Like you want a guy that's, that's, that's Brady-esque in the sense that he just, you know, it's family and then football. He's 24-7, you know, that he's all about it. And I think, um, I think his pro day too will be big. But I also think with, with, with the Jets – They've, they've seen Darnold for three years. Uh, I mean, um, uh, the Bills quarterback, uh, Josh Allen, guys, I'm going to say yeah. Josh Kelly because of Jim Kelly. Uh, Josh Allen, now, there are exceptions of a guy that made a big leap, but that was after two years. You know, usually if the guy doesn't make the leap uh, in this year two, it, it's in trouble. And then this year, you know, Allen and, and, and Mayfield too got, got better with, you know, uh, more talent and a better coach and things like that. But, you know, Darnold's now had three years. I, I just think uh, that's tough new coach and your GM to, 
to go with a guy that has already shown three years. Um, selfishly with the Jets, what would be nice is you get to see him play right away. Uh, unfortunately, Greg, I, I would love to see him go to San Francisco too. That'd be a dream. I just don't think Shanahan, now that the Rams have Stafford, his goal, their goal is to win it next year, you know, to beat the Rams and, and, and the Packers and to win the, you know, win the NFC West and win the NFC, he, he's not going to want to start over with the, with the, with the rookie quarterback. So mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if Shanahan trade from, traded for him, to be honest, yeah. but I don't mind Carolina either. I, I like Matt rule, the guy from Baylor. I think he's got a good thing going and Bridgewater's still there. He can sit behind Bridgewater, but it's not threatening. And they have a lot of cop, cap room. They have a really good owner with Tepper who, you know, wants to win um, and uh, a new GM in place too. So I think they're built, built for success. And the good thing too is, you know, that's, that's not a bad division to be in too with the NFC South with, with, you know, uh, you, there's no dominant, dominant team with the Bucks. you know, having Brady coming back. No. Sam Darnold, born in Dana Point, played at San Clemente. Yeah, just like Isaac Rex. Yeah. That's right. But it'll be exciting. I mean, it, it's um, – what, McMahon went six to the Bears? I mean, that's – like you said, Young would have right. been taken very high too. But, I mean, this is – this is a long time coming. Oh, I mean, yes. We haven't had a quarterback. I mean, Doman got drafted late by the 49ers. Um, you know, Beck – early first round or early second round round, yeah this is this is a long time coming this this is is big big time this is big time this is big and who would have thought this a year ago oh yeah sophomore slump you had a sophomore if you would have told me last year we had a quarterback being drafted in the first round i would have thought it was hall going baseball (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah, the other the other thing that that I read today on ESPN uh, concerning you know the, the the Jets and and their likelihood of picking Wilson is the only the only real knock that they had on Wilson is the injuries, right? Uh, the, you know, the, having the soldier the, the shoulder surgery, you know, and then last year with the hand and. But the, but, but the flip side of that is that also showed you, the flip side of that is the the pro argument to that as well. Look look why the big jump well the sophomore year wasn't healthy you know he, yeah. he, he wasn't 100 percent. look what he was 100 percent coming off it, this, it, yeah yeah it, and surgeries. think with the jets too the last point i'll make on it i and i i think smart people say what which i think too makes the most sense is if the jets um keep darnold they'll trade the pick so Whoever wants him, you know, I, I think we'll know what the – basically, I think we'll know what the Jets are doing by if they're keeping that pick or not. If they're keeping that pick, you know, they're, they're going, they're going with, with the quarterback. If they're keeping Darnold, yeah, I, I don't see why they would, you know, unless they really want, uh, you know, the, the Sewell or Devonta Smith uh, – I, I, he's going to be worth so right. much more than, than either of those guys, isn't he? If someone yeah, really I mean, wants him and they want him ahead of fields. Yeah, that's just like you're, what the you're Bears gonna did. Trade. You're going to trade. That's why the Bears – That's why the, somebody else. That's why I, the I, Bears a couple years ago, that's why the Bears traded up to number two to get Trubisky. Yeah. You know, they just had to – if you want – if you got to get your guy, you can't sit – you can't be there back. So, you know, if Carolina really wants him – you know, they'll, they'll trade to number two. If Atlanta really wants them, you know, they'll trade to number two. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, don't count out John Elway, you know, you could maybe trade Drew Locke and, and trade up. Like I said, the Vikings could trade um, cousins to San Fran because Shanahan loves cousins draft him, and, and the Vikings could move up. I mean, you just never, you know, I mean, the Patriots yeah. never move up in the draft, but they, could, you know, yep. it, it, anybody who needs a quarterback is going to move up. Cause if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, if you don't, that's why does this Deshaun Watson thing is such a big deal. Cause you, they have a top five, top six quarterback. If you have one, it's like they're trading them. It's like, that's the whole point of what you know, that's your, that's the, 
the absolute gold in the draft. Right. Like, that's what everybody wants. That's, that's, everybody that's what everybody needs. wants. That's yeah. what everybody needs to compete. And so Super Bowl, who wins? <laughs> and who are you rooting for? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Tom Brady is gonna add another Super Bowl to his uh, to his legacy. Um, I just uh, that's that's who I'm betting on. I think, uh, and if he does that, that's that would be unbelievable. Are you rooting? Are you rooting for Brady? Or are you rooting for the Chiefs? I'm rooting. I'm because uh, I know you're not rooting for the Bucks. You're just rooting for Brady. You're either rooting for Brady or you're. No, rooting- I'm not. I'm not a. I mean, I love Brady because he's great, but I'm not. A, I've never been a Patriots fan, and I'm never. You know, I. I. I, I would rather see the Chiefs win. Uh, I, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, but I don't. I, I just can't. I just can't count out. Yeah. Brady. Who are you rooting for, Greg? It's tough. I, again, for me, it's I'm I'm rooting for Brady and I'm rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> I don't care about the Buccaneers. But there's just something yeah. to say about a guy that's is he 42, 43 now? What how old? 43. Yeah. 43 years old to go out and against the odds. I mean, yeah, they grabbed a bunch of players this year, but still against the odds to come back and get to the Super Bowl. I, well, I, you know, I was, telling, I was telling my boys today, cause we were talking about standards and uh, I was telling them about Tom Brady and what he's brought to that team and that organization. He has very high standards for himself and everybody around him. And that's what he's done. And that's why they're in the Super Bowl is because he's, he's got such high standards for himself and for anybody that plays with him. And he's just elevated that whole team. And, you know, Arians even said that, that it's just, it's a completely different feeling. And you, you have a guy in the locker room that demands, demands your best every day. And uh, that's what sets him apart. It's, it's, it's obviously he's talented, but it's, it's his mindset. It's his, uh, it's his standards that he lives up to on a daily basis. And the guy is flat out a winner. And uh, he that's sling why sling it still too. I mean, he's no question. He always looked 43 when he was trying to scramble, even when he started yeah. in the NFL, but that throw he made at the end of the first half to Scotty Miller. I mean, that was, that was a great, an all time, an all time throw. I mean, that was, that was great. And I, I, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Brady. I, you know, it was hard when he was on the Patriots, just because that. But always, obviously, um, I, I won't be upset if the Chiefs win. You know, with Reed getting back to back, and obviously Mahomes is fun to watch. If it, I'd, I'd have a lot harder time, I'd be more torn if the Chiefs had, if Andy hadn't won one, because he would still mm-hmm. kind of have that uh, reputation as the great coach, but hasn't won the big one. But now that he's won one, he's got Mahomes for a long time, so I think he'll get more. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I just, I, I, I pull for Brady. I find myself pulling for Brady. I think it's phenomenal. I, and I, and there's just something about too, um, someone, him going in there and then 52 other guys in the locker room, just automatically believing now that now, now they can win. Like, I just, I just back that. I back yeah. that he has that aura that he goes in and like someone even says when he comes there, you know, the, the front office works harder. The assistant coaches work harder because they know in meetings, they got to be better. Like, even though they're, they work hard, they got to be better. The, the, they could say in like the landscaping crew, you know, the landscaping crew at the field, they do better. Like he just elevates everything like Brian was saying, but I think most importantly in the locker room, like he threw two picks in the second half, like, and people were saying some of that stuff, like, I don't want to hear that. Like it's, it's, this team was seven and nine last year. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2003 and he goes there and everybody, there's just something about it. As we know from teams that just believing because we have this dude, we can win. And you saw it when they celebrated the NFC championship game after he handed the trophy to Arians and went back, they all love him because he's, he's the ultimate leader, the ultimate teammate. 
And I hope he gets it done. You know, I mean, gun to head, I, I you know, Chiefs. But I, I will say, the fact that it's minus three, that tells you something. Because you would think the Chiefs would be favored by by four and a half to six. And that's minus three. I mean, this game's close. And Chiefs both have both starting tackles out. You know, Eric Fisher hurt his Achilles and their other their other tackles hurt. You saw all those DNs for Tampa get pressure on on Rodgers. Um, you know, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre Paul. So I mean they can they can if they can get to Mahomes a little bit, I mean keep them up and and I think it's an advantage too that they already played them. You know, that they already played them. So I'm he's excited looking, though. Great it'll game. be fun. It'll be he's, a lot of fun. A lot of hype. Like he's, he's, he looks like he's 28 years old this year, really. I mean, that's his performance on the field has been, you know, for someone years old to, to, to sling it like he is, it's it's unbelievable. What's the highest average of pass completion and, and percentage that he's had, or highest uh, yards per, per pass that he's ever had for completion? Um, 40 touchdowns. And I, I, had a, I heard a rumor he's coming back next year, too. He says, he's, yeah, he, says he yeah. wants to. That would be the only thing. If he wanted, that would be hard. That would be hard to not yeah. go out. But he'll probably he'll come back. I mean, I think he'll come back. He loves it. Yep. All right, guys. 